Today is the Lord's day. Amen. Not the Lord's hour, but the Lord's day. Um, I have some notes somewhere in here, and I will use them. Aren't you glad we're free from fear? They can point the gun right in our face and we can say, what you going to do, send me to Jesus? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this old world has nothing for me. <laughs> Paris attacks stun. Unite nation and world. These hard, I mean, I had to adjust myself because of the events that happened on Friday. Paris attacks stun. They unite the nation and the world. Now, we know, and when we hear people talk about Bible prophecy in end times, and I used it this morning, uh, the verse out of Timothy that talks about it would be perilous times. But this is unite, they, these Paris attacks unite the nation and the world. However, what cause are they united for? What cause are we uniting for? We're, we're talking about the world here. We're not talking about the church uniting. So what, what's the cause or against what are they uniting? See, the nation of Israel was united when they fought against the Philistines. Remember? And then this young man, David, came up. This, the Philistine had the big giant Goliath. And then David came along, and they, they were all united against the Philistines. But nothing was happening. Nothing was breaking. And David came along and asked, he says, is there not a cause? What is the what is the what is the what's the cause behind their uniting? What what are they uniting for? See, the world can't unite against the cause because the world's eyes are blinded to what the cause is. The world don't understand why this happened. How in the world could this happen? It wasn't God. Because God doesn't come to steal, kill, and destroy. It's the spirit of Antichrist whose major pawn these days, its major pawn is Islam. The spirit of Antichrist is using Islam right now. It's using these doctrines of devils, the Antichrist's that's a plural thing. Antichrists, not the man, the son of the the son of perdition, but the antichrists spirits are testing, are preparing the waters for the acceptance of the worship of the person known as the Antichrist, the man of sin. These doctrines of devils like Islam, see we got so many people that want to that they don't want to say we're at war against Islam. We have a whole party of politicians that say we're at war with radical Islam. 
and, and, I, and I don't even know if they even put those two words together. They may just say radicals. They don't want to admit that it's a doctrine of devils that we have a problem with. We need to unite against the spirit of unrighteousness, the spirit of antichrist. Because, see, that's an unrighteous spirit. Christ's spirit is a righteous spirit. That's why when he makes our spirit new, he makes us the righteousness of God. So let's go to Matthew 24. These Antichrist spirits, see, everything has to be set up for the Antichrist because he, like I said earlier, is a big loser and he can't do nothing on his own and everything's got to be prepared for him. People got to get ready to, to be able to accept false doctrines, uh, the doctrines of devils as evil as, as Islam. And they got to be able to have the world already. See, the mark of the beast is 666, right? There's only one verse of scripture about that. So, you know, what are you going to say about it? Well, God says that it's the mark of, it's the number of man. And that's going to be the mark of the beast. Well, that makes sense because what it is, this Antichrist, everybody's going to like him. It's very humanistic. See, the mark is the mark of man, humanistic. And all these humanistic ways, like, we got to be diverse in everything. We got to tolerate everything. We got to do all this. We got to do all that. It, you know, we got to accept everybody and everything. You can't accept unrighteousness. You can't accept darkness. We're children of light. We, 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 don't, we don't have, we, we're, not, we're told not to fellowship with darkness. We minister to darkness. We dispel darkness as the light. So everything's got to be set up for them. Governments, you know, governments have to be changed around so they can accept them. In our schools today, Christianity is not being taught the way our country was brought up and built on Christian values. You know, that's not taught in the Bible anymore. They'll take, your, they'll take children to uh, Islamic centers to, so they can be diversified in what they learn, yet they won't take them to a Christian church because there's a separation of church and state, which is a lie. So everything's got to be set up for this guy, the Antichrist. And right now, we're dealing with deception and sorrows. So that takes me to Matthew 24. And Jesus went out. Well, let me start in verse 4 so we save a little time here. And, uh, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them. The disciples were ans ask asking them questions about when will his coming be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And Jesus says, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, I am the anointed, I am the anointed one. And these guys will deceive many. See, many will come with what they call the truth of God's word, saying they are the way. But let me tell you, there's only one way, one truth, and that's Jesus Christ, and one way to the Father, and that's through him. 
That's through our Lord Jesus. That's all. Verse 6, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Never in my lifetime has there been a day where war was not happening on this earth. And I'll be 47 soon. Never. There's always been a war going on during my lifetime. And that may be to be said about some of yours too. Always wars, rumors of wars. And it says, see that you are not troubled. That's what we've been talking about this morning. That's why the Holy Spirit had us minister on fear, uh, to get rid of fear this morning. We don't need to be troubled. See that you're not troubled. Make sure of it. Don't let anything trouble you. For all these things must come to pass, but the end's not yet. This is not the time of the end yet. For nation will rise against nation, which in the, in the Greek, this is ethnos, ethnicities against ethnicities, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, the, these are the beginning. So when something begins, it, that doesn't mean that, it's going, that it ends right then. It means this is the start of it. Now, when these, the beginnings of sorrows, when they actually started at the beginning, that was um, at the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. that Jesus prophesied just a few verses before. That's when the beginning of sorrows began. And what we saw in Paris last week is just a continuation of that. However, these things are, are getting more violent. And, uh, and I don't want you to be afraid because we, we have nothing to fear. But these things are happening because the Antichrist spirits, the Antichrist spirits, they are, their time is short. Their time is short. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And it's going to be huge. <laughs> Trump would say it's going to be huge. It's huge. When Jesus comes, it's going to be huge. Let me tell you, it's going to be a great event. And, and, it's, and it's coming. He's on his way. Things are lining up so much right now. But we see that the beginning of sorrows, the sorrows are still carrying on, but we're running closer to the end of this period of time. See, all these sorrows are brought on by, the, by Satan, by the Antichrist spirits. And he needs people to carry out and bring these events to come to pass. He has to use people. And see, our Bible is a book of intelligence on our enemy. Some today don't even believe that there is a devil. You know, and if you don't believe that there's a devil, then let me tell you, you're opening yourself up for him to wreak, wreak havoc in your life. You're opening yourself up to that. And he'll keep you confused. So let's go to 2 Timothy. Chapter 3. And just read that verse of scripture so we can put it before our eyes. Book of 
But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That word perilous means difficult, dangerous, furious, fierce, and savage. That lines right up with what we saw this past week. It says, for men will be lovers of money, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. Yikes. Better not have no unforgiveness in your heart. That doesn't put you in a good place right here. Slanderers without self-control, brutal. That lines up with what we saw. Despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lust, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, they're always learning. The world is always learning. Knowledge is increasing according to Daniel 12.4. He said that's how we would know the time of the end. Knowledge would increase and people would go to and fro on the earth. And people are abounding in knowledge. Let me tell you, the church is abounding in the knowledge of the word. But these people in the world that are gullible here that he's talking about, they're abounding in worldly knowledge. They're, it's, they're filling their heads with worldly truths, not the truth of the Word of God. And they never come to the knowledge of the truth. That's a bad place to be. When you will not acknowledge the truth. There are many in our country today that will not acknowledge the truth. Now, as uh, Janners and Jambres resisted Moses, those were uh, Pharaoh's uh, witch, witches, magicians, horoscope readers. That's witchcraft, horoscopes. Best not be involved in that. It says, they resisted Moses so do these that we read about earlier, that, uh, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. See, they're disapproved concerning the faith. Those who do wickedly against God, God will give over to a rejected, worthless, unfit mind. That's Romans chapter 1 a retrograde mind because they accept not the truth. But they will progress no further for their folly will be manifested to all as theirs also was. Now Paul goes on here to say, but you, church, but you, but you, church, have carefully followed my doctrine, my teaching, manner of life, purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my love, my perseverance. You've also followed my persecutions, my afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconum and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, 
and out of them all my Lord has delivered me. Now God's put Pastor Wright in a spiritual position of leadership here. And you can look to him the same way the church looked at Paul. You should follow in his teachings as he follows Christ. But the Lord will deliver you out of them all. Deliver Paul, he's no respecter of men, he'll deliver you out of all. Yes, and all who desire to live godly. Mm, mm -hmm. mm. Do you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus? He says, if you do, you're going to suffer some persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we see the deception and the, and the sorrows that have come and the perilous times that we live in. But this here says that evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, speaking of evil men, how about Vladimir Putin? How does Russia fit in with this Bible prophecy? Let's go to Ezekiel 38 and find out how Russia fits in here. This is spoken of many times. Um, Russia, Ezekiel 38, verse uh, 2 says, Now, son of man, he's telling the prophet, sit your face against Gog. Gog is the leader of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Mishael, and Tubal. These areas, if you go and look them up, they are now known as Russia. And Gog is the leader of Russia, and the leader of Russia is Vladimir Putin, and he must be an evil man because right here it says that God is against him. God is against him. And it says, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Mishael, and Tubal. I will turn you around and put hooks into your jaws and lead you out with all your army, horses, horsemen, all splendidly clothed in great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. And then it goes to list his allies, all, which is Persia, Iran, Ethiopia, Libya, and are with them, and all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all of its troops, those are former Soviet Union countries. Tagorma, which is Turkey, from the far north and all of its troops, many people are with you. But I want to focus here on verse 4 where it says, I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws. This happened to Russia in the, in the mid-50s after World War II. After World War II, the United States and the Russia were competing for influence in the Middle East. They were competing for influence in the Middle East. Russia with communism and the United States with freedom. Now, America had just sponsored Israel becoming a nation in May 1948. 
but it was still trying to gain, to, to get more influence in the Middle East. Now, at this time, Egypt was trying to build a dam on the Nile, the Answan Dam on the Nile. And Britain and the United States agreed to help them fund that so they could build the dam on the Nile. It was going to help them greatly for uh, agricultural purposes. But in February of 1955, Israel attacks Egypt in retaliation for sponsoring Palestinian raids. Egypt was sponsoring the Palestinian raids back here in 1955. See, these, the issue with the Palestinians is nothing, nothing new. And the president of Egypt was President Nasser. And he changed his need for the money that we and Britain were going to give to them for military purposes to help fight off Israel and help defend them from Israel. So the United States and Britain says, no, we're not going to be a part of that. We've just sponsored Israel. We don't think that aggression was their part. You know, the aggression, you're, you're financing the Palestinians. They're coming in. They've just defended themselves. So the U.S. and Britain reneges on the promises, and Russia steps in to finance Egypt's military. God was sitting the hook. If you've ever been fishing, when, you catch, when that fish bites, you've got to sit that hook, and you sit it. And God was sitting the hook of Russia down in the Middle East back here in the, in the 50s. Now, Egypt was upset that we backed out on and reneged on, on, on loaning them the money. And so uh, they, they still need, they needed the money for the military, but they still needed more money so, to build the dam. So they, they took over the Suez Canal. And this created the Suez Canal conflict that came about in the 50s also. And that's a major trade route there and France and Egypt, excuse me, France and Britain and England, they were upset because Egypt had taken it back over. And they said, hey, you, you can't do that. And so they did a backroom deal with Israel and got Israel to attack Egypt. And so when they started fighting with Israel and Egypt, Britain and France stood up and said, oh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, y'all can't do that. If you don't stop all this, you're going to tear that, tear that canal up. The trade route will be ruined. If you don't stop, we're going to come down there and we're going to stop you. So the two of y'all straighten up. And it wasn't even a week later. And Britain and France sent in their troops, started bombing. But the only people they were bombing was Egypt. They, did, they didn't bomb Israel. You know, the only people that were catching the brunt of it was, was, was Egypt. And that's when Khrushchev, the Gog of that day in the 50s, said, if you, Britain, and you, France, do not stop bombing Egypt, we are going to nuke you. We're going to nuke you. Russia was caught in the hook real good at this time. But now, today, we're seeing Russia playing another big role here in Syria. And, and this verse 4 says, I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws. That happened in the 50s. But it says, and lead you out with all your armies. Lead you out. 
Right now, we're seeing Russia get led back out of the north, down back into the Middle East with the Syrian conflict. We see them being led back in. See, God's leading them. God's leading them back in because God's plan is going to take place. It's going to happen. So we see them leading them back in with the hooks that have already been set in their jaws. They're getting led back in. And... Um, and with their military, they've started, they brought their air force in and started bombing the, uh, they say ISIS, and they may be bombing ISIS now since they blew up one of their planes, but when they started out, they were helping Assad and his regime there <clears throat> because they got to prop them up. When you go reading the rest of this Ezekiel 38, you see that they're trying to prop up his allies around that area. It says uh, in verse 7, Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them, in verse 7. And that's what he's doing. He's being a guard for Assad. And Iran's right in there with them. These things are happening right here before our eyes. And if you notice, down in verse 9, it says, You will ascend coming like a storm. Well, ascend is airborne. Ascending is, is, is aircraft, and that's the Russian Air Force that we see down in there right now. It's the Russian Air Force that we see moving in and bombing. and that's that. So their military force is already moving back in. Now this war that goes on to be described in Ezekiel 38 doesn't happen until after we're caught away because it says that God uses his wrath. And if you think about the man of war, the second horse rider that's released after we're caught up, after the Antichrist was released, if you was here this morning, you heard us explain that the Antichrist has to be released in his time, but before that, the restrainer has to be removed, and that restrainer is the church. We have to be raptured up. There has to be a falling away, a departure. And that falling away is the church. That departure is the church. And we're taken out of the way. The Antichrist is revealed. Then the man of war is released. Now, that is going to create this Ezekiel 38 war. But it also says that in verse 19 here, that says, In, in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. God uses his wrath to defend Israel. And God cannot use his wrath to defend Israel unless if he is, unless if he has taken the righteous out first. He always takes the righteous out first. And the flood. He got Noah and his family on the, on the ark. And he removed the righteous and the wrath came down below. And then once the wrath was over, the ark came back down and the righteous came back down. That's a perfect vision of the rapture of the church. We're caught up. We're in heaven for seven years, and we come back with Jesus. Now, he did it in Sodom and Gomorrah, too. He removed Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the day that they went out, the wrath came. And when God uses his wrath, he destroys everything and everybody. No one survives God's wrath. That's why these storms and things that we see like Katrina and stuff like that, they're not the wrath of God because it would kill everybody. So God has set a precedence. He has to remove the righteous before he can use his wrath. Now, since this 
attack and who he's defending against is Russia. Russia is one of the largest Christian nations we have now. So he has to remove the righteous. And if he removes that part of the church over there out of Russia, then he has to remove this part of the church over here too. All the church will be removed from the earth. So we know that this war will not happen until then. But that's where Russia's playing their part today. They're back in the Middle East. They've been led back down in by the hooks that's in their jaws. And their air force is there. But there's another interesting place today whose air force is getting a little attention. And that's China. Now China right now is rattling their swords. See, this time it's in the South China Sea. They've built a controversial artificial island said to be for civilian purposes in the Spratly Islands. They've taken a reef. Talk about knowledge increasing, Daniel 12.4 being fulfilled. They've taken a reef that's below the water and built it up and made an island on it. And made an island on it just out of the middle of nowhere. And they say it's going to be for, for civilians. However, since the um, Communist People's Republic of China came into existence in 1949, there's been much dispute over the seas and the territories there in the Eastern Hemisphere, such as Taiwan. That's where we get a lot of conflict with China. They say Taiwan belongs to them. And Taiwan has always been theirs. But we've stood with Taiwan and said they're a free place. They, the Chinese, they're, they're, they're not in good relationship with the Japanese. So we see that there's, there's, a, there's a dispute over the territories there. You know, the Spratly Islands, they're disputed by Vietnam, the Philippines, Taiwan, Malaysia, China, they all say that part of them, belo it belongs to us. It belongs to us. Or, you know, if not all of them, part of them. But the United States has always played a strong presence there in, since World War II in that eastern hemisphere. And recently we've sent destroyers to go by these islands. And China says that we're breaking the laws, getting too close to their territory. It's a reef. It was underwater. It wasn't an island. There's no territory there. They've built it there. We, we have a, a rite of passage through there. We've sent our the, the destroyer, USS uh, Lassen, has made within, come within 12 miles of there. And they were told they were in wrong waters and they were illegal. We recently flew some, uh, some bombers over them too. And they, and they contacted them and said, you need to get out of there. You're, not in a, you're, you're in an uh, air defense identification zone. You need to move. You know, and China has made nuclear threats against the United States many times before. That said, because they, they, they have nuclear weapons, they can reach the West Coast. And they've made threats against us before, but they're just rattling their swords. They're not ready to do anything yet. Let's go to Revelation chapter 9. And let's look at China and the Orient from the scripture. Okay, Revelation 9 verse 13. We see the sixth trumpet beginning to be, to, uh, be sounded. And the angels uh, from the river Euphrates are going to be loosed. 
So we're going to get a little bit of Middle East information here too. Now this is, this is after the middle of the tribulation period. The seals and, and the, uh, excuse me, the uh, trumpets are all sounded after the middle of the tribulation period. So these things are happening in the second three and a half years of the tribulation period. And it says, the six angels sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. That's right there in Iraq. These four angels are bound there in Iraq right now. That's why we have so much problem there. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had a breastplates of fiery red. Now we know military nowadays, they don't use horses. But they use mechanical vehicles that have thousands of horsepower underneath their hoods and tanks and different uh, pieces of equipment like that. And it says that, and I saw those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. Definitely is not a horse. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, the fire, smoke, and brimstone, a third of mankind was killed by the fire, smoke, and brimstone, which came out of their mouths. For their power was in their mouths and their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. So these four angels are going to go. There is only one place on earth that you can compile a 200 million man army, and that is in the Orient. It's the only place. And, I, and back in the 70s, General Mao, the leader of China, Said, said that we now have the potential of a 200 million man army. Not that they had one, but they had the potential of making a 200 million man army. Notice that in China, if you have girls, they're aborted, they're killed. They only want the men. They want a fighting force. They're building their military greatly. These islands that they've built out there, they're going to, they're, they're, the, the government thinks, the United States thinks they're going to move a military, uh, uh, air force base out there so they can declare that sea and that land theirs and then defend it. But we see here that this, these angels are released from Iraq at the river Euphrates. They go to the Orient and take over a 200 million man army. But I want you to know that army, the China, they're not ready yet. It's not their time. Notice what it said here. Verse 15. They had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year and were released to kill a third of mankind. The Oriental Army, this 200 million man army, China, North Korea, all of them, they do not make a move until 13 months before the end of the tribulation period. 
They're always rattling their swords right now, but they're not going to do anything because it's not their time according to this book. It's not their time. They have a time. It's a little over 13 months before the end of the tribulation period. We'll be long gone. We'll be long gone. But China is building that military now. They're building their defenses. They're, tr they're becoming a superpower. At one time, they said they, they had no, no desire to be a superpower. But we see now that they are quickly becoming a superpower. For many years, they didn't advance at all from after World War II on up into the 70s when, when uh, Nixon went to visit. There hadn't been much changes. But China now, shucks, we owe them a bunch of money. <laughs> from what I understand, it's all on paper, I guess. But uh, the world today is preparing for Jesus' coming. Are you ready? Are you preparing? You know, Jesus said that we are to be looking for. That means to be eagerly anticipating with joyful preparation the event of his appearing. We need to be looking for him. We need to be ready. And of, we know how much God loves us. And we have nothing to be afraid of. And we took care of fear at the beginning of our service today. And we know God loves us. But when you go to John and you start hearing Jesus pray in John 14, and he says, let not your hearts be troubled, for you believe in God, believe also in me. As you go through John 14 and 15, you see many times, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. The question I'm putting to you is, are you loving the Lord? What about our love towards him? John 14, 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now we know that the main commandment of God is to love him. And how do we love him? We love him by keeping his commandments. And that's by loving. We, we, we talked earlier um, about loving our neighbors, about how the church loved one another and helped one another and was a light to the world. Are we doing things? See, love is not a feeling. You don't come to church because you feel like you ought to come here. You come to church to become equipped to love. 
to find out how to love. Love is an action. Love is doing. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. He gave. It takes something of yourself. It takes a sacrifice on your part. So as we see these events happening in the world today, are you keeping the Father's commandments in your life? Because see, you are the only one that's responsible for what you're doing. You're responsible for your spiritual condition. Remember the ten virgins. Five were wise. Five were foolish. Some had their oil full. The others didn't. And when Jesus, or when the bridegroom came, they said, oh, give us some of your oil. No, you know where to get it from. See, you know where to learn about righteousness. See, grace. Grace is what teaches you how to live righteous in these days. Grace doesn't give you the ability to sin and say, I'm sorry for it. Grace gives you the ability not to sin. See, sin has no more dominion over us as children of God. But we're responsible because when the foolish virgins came and knocked on the door, the bridegroom says, I don't know you. And it wasn't that he didn't know them. It was that he was not responsible for their condition. You're responsible for your own condition. I don't know everything that goes on in your life. I don't know if there's unforgiveness. I don't know if there's uh, bondages that you want to get set free from that you're just not putting forth that extra effort because you kind of like it. I don't know those things. But God knows them. God knows your heart. So let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you loved us before we knew anything about you. Father, help us to keep your commandments. Help me, Lord, to keep your commandments. I thank you that you've given your son Jesus for us. That after we've accepted you, that we can come to you and come to Jesus and he'll wash us clean of all unrighteousness if we repent. But Father, I don't know everyone here today. And if they've never accepted you as Lord and Savior, uh, they don't have the, the promises are not available to them like they are to those of us who have. If you want to... Father, if there's anyone here today that's never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, these are perilous times. We've pointed that out. But see, as we keep in that, the commandments of God, as we love Him, we're protected by Him. See, you have to abide under the shadow of the Almighty, which means you have to abide in His book. So if there's anyone here, about, you need to abide in His Word and in His Spirit. If there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're, you're, not, gonna be, you're not safe. You're not safe. Let me just be honest. You're not safe. If that's you right now, 
I ask you to come. Let me introduce you to Jesus. If that's you, just, just raise your hand. If there's anyone here that's never accepted Jesus before, these, this is a dangerous time. This is nothing to play with. I've gotten a little serious here in these last few minutes. We are overcomers. We, we, we've been given everything to overcome and to conquer. But we have to love him so we can receive his goodness and his promises. We have to know about him. Now, if there's anyone here that hasn't, that has been born again, but hasn't been doing the commandments of God, that hasn't been loving God the way they should, you know it in your heart. I, I don't know it. Holy Spirit, you know. I ask that you, Holy Spirit, move on their hearts this morning, that there, if there be anything unrighteous, anything of the anti-Christ spirit, because anything that's not of Christ is anti-Christ. If there's anyone here that, that has that today, Father, it's, and they've been born again, all they have to do is repent. If that's you, would you put your hand up? I'm not going to ask you to come up. Just put your hand up. If that's you. Okay, you can put your hands down. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you said he would cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now, each person that's raised their hand, they know. They know that something's not quite right. But they also know Jesus. And Jesus will wash them clean if we ask. So let's everybody just pray right now. Father God, thank you for giving me your son Jesus. Forgive me for not keeping his commandments and loving him the way that I've been instructed. Jesus, you said that you would wash me clean from all unrighteousness. Wash me clean now. This morning. Right here. That I can stand pure before you. In your robe of righteousness. Knowing that I know that I know that I love you. Now I believe that you've washed me clean and I thank you and I praise you and I give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Father, that I'm clean, that I'm the righteousness of God. Come on, praise him. If you're clean and you're the righteousness of God, give him praise right now. Thank you, Father, that you've taken away my sin, that you've washed me fresh, afresh and anew, and I can stand before you, and I can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive all things that pertain to life and godliness. We just give you all the praise and honor for it today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you so much for this day. And we just thank you for the gift that Brother Dwayne is to our body. Lord, thank you for not only through him helping freedom from fear to come, but thank you, Lord, for new life coming. Thank you for a renewed life coming. Thank you, Lord, for uh, seeing what are the events of the day, what is happening, what's not happening, Let us, letting us know knowledge and understanding that will lead us to the place of your freedom. Lord, we receive your freedom, Jesus, in every way, in everything. We thank you, and we do not shrink back because of fear, but we move forward because of a great hope and great faith because of your great love. And we move into this time not shy, of the darkness, but ready to blow it backwards because of the light of hope that is within us, Jesus Christ. We receive that. We move into it, not with fear, but with power. We move into it with soundness. We move into it with strength. And Lord, we praise you that we move into it with love because of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day and we'll see you soon.